0: Welcome to Testing Code, a podcast about software development and software testing. I was recently interviewed on a podcast called the IT Career Energizer Podcast. Phil Burgess is the host of the podcast, and it was a lot of fun. I think it turned out well, and I wanted to share it with you here, with Phil's permission, of course. There's lots of other cool people he's interviewed, so if you enjoyed this episode, maybe check out some of the others. I'll go ahead and leave Phil's intro and outro intact. So,
1: Welcome to episode 123 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Brian Ockham. Brian is a lead software engineer for Roden Schwartz. He is also author of Python Testing with PyTest from Pragmatic, host of the Test & Code podcast and co-host of the Python Bytes podcast and has spoken at PNSQC and PyCon US. So, Brian, can I ask you to expand on that brief intro and tell us a little bit more about yourself?
0: Yeah, I've always considered myself a uh, a software engineer, but a lot of the making software engineering work better has often been around uh, automated tests. And so that's what, a lot of where a lot of my effort is going in the last maybe 10, 15 years.
1: Okay. How did you get into automated testing?
0: Basically, it was a requirement at work. Uh, I work in the test test equipment industry and And we automated, do automated tests and regression tests for all of our source code and, uh, and of course the instruments themselves and getting involved with with that myself. Um, as well as, um, I don't know, in the early 2000s when uh, extreme programming and, uh, test driven development started taking off, I started reading about that and getting involved.
1: Yeah. So I think you made it, made a good move at the time because obviously things like test automation in particular with the advent of Agile, as you've mentioned, and also DevOps is is making a a significant um, contribution to that movement.
0: Yeah. uh, It's exciting to see it it getting more attention.
1: Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, Brian, can you maybe share a career tip with the IT Career Energizer audience, one they perhaps don't know about and should?
0: I think this applies to really everybody, but um, I've been working usually with larger companies, You know, when I listen to some uh, entrepreneurial podcasts and whatnot, there's this idea that like the big companies are, I don't know, there's like a separation between the people and the company. And I, I've never really got that. So my, I guess my tip would be to um, try to align yourself with the goals of of whoever you're working for, if you're working for a larger company, and then always try to uh, be more valuable than the, uh, than the sticker price of your salary so that you're a good deal. Always. I think everybody should always know, about what they're worth in the in around if they had to leave the company as well.
1: Sure. So uh, presumably, that from your perspective, that ties in with understanding how what you do contributes to what the company is trying to achieve.
0: Yeah, the, I've seen people do things where I, I think if if this was your money, would you pay somebody else to do what you're doing now for your salary, and it better be a good deal.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. Yes. Okay. Brian, can you maybe tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience?
0: Oh, uh, I've had so many, uh, but I, I wanted to, to bring up a, a lesson. I used to think that I, process improvement and making the lives of the engineers around me more effective, and I knew what we were doing within the software team and the the pain points we had. So, trying to improve those those are always a good thing. But there was a there was a time I was uh, working. In oscilloscopes, where I kind of did a stealth mode, stealth mode product improvement. I I was doing this without the knowledge of my supervisor, or my manager, and uh, it ended up being like a, a powerful thing to automate the the byte and uh, the register settings of from an FPGA to the software. Uh, there was a disconnect there, but I spent a lot of time making that better and to improve quality and and remove human error. However, I did it all in like stealth and my manager didn't know about it and I was spending too much time on it and it, and the disconnect between the organization knowing what I was doing and the output, um, it just didn't go well. Um, from his perspective, I was just not getting my work done that I was supposed to be getting done. And from my perspective, they weren't appreciating this this thing that I was doing for everybody around me. So I think that stealth mode is not a good thing.
1: No, sure. So it's a bit of a combination of understanding what your priorities are and making sure people are aware and bought into the things that you're actually doing.
0: I think there's always room for, uh, don't ask permission to fix your own process. However, it can't be a big chunk of your time. If you're spending over 10% of your time doing process improvement, your boss needs to know about
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yep. Okay. Brian, can you maybe now tell us about your career highlight or greatest success?
0: Well, I think my involvement in PyTest and getting the book out, the Python testing with PyTest was definitely the highlight. It's cool to write a book, but one of the things that I, when I, when I started working with Pragmatic, I thought I was an expert in PyTest, but through the process of putting together a complete book, trying to learn all of the corner cases so that I could teach it to other people, the process of writing the book made me an expert. Um, So I, uh, created my own expertise by teaching.
1: So that the process of actually understanding and finding out more about it must have been beneficial to you in your career going forward anyway.
0: I was going to be the first uh, published book about PyTest, and I, I didn't want to do this against the uh, the wishes or the uh, ideas of the core contributors. So I, I really was in the open and working with as many PyTest core contributors as I could uh, to make sure that I was representing the the project well. Right. And
1: when was the book published?
0: It was one of those things where it came out a little earlier in like a beta form, but it was the end of 2017. Uh, The first edition was released and I'm still at a first edition, but we did do some fixes and uh, updated a a second printing this last year, or this just a couple months ago.
1: Sure. And and it's available presumably um, online, Amazon and and, and other (laughs) well-known distributors. Yep.
0: Where all fine books are sold.
1: Indeed, yeah. exactly. Is it in Kindle form as well?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um. So, Brian, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular?
0: There's actually so much that excites me about it. I, I love um, – it's hard to pick one. One of the things that I'm really excited about is is people talking about how we're teaching programming and computer science in schools and even just individually – and this is a topic that's, um we haven't nailed the right way yet, but I think we're still working on it and, and trying to tweak it. And I really like that because when I when I came into it in university, I thought you're just going to learn from smarter people and we've got it and it's done. But uh, we're iterating and, and uh, trying out new ways to teach people and teaching people younger.
1: Yeah. Are there any, any particular areas that do sort of interest you in particular or maybe technologies that, for you, you can see a real future with
0: people from all fields, uh, incorporating programming with all other fields, I think is one of the wonderful things when we start teaching. I know, I know, and, uh, it's happening in some schools here in the U.S. I know that's happening more in Europe and in, in the UK where they've there, there's more early teaching of programming early on in school will help all other fields. You know, I mean, learning how, how appropriate, computer works and how to program some simple automation skills is going to help you whatever field you're in. And so all those bridging of different fields is great. The, of course, when I'm, since I'm focused on testing a lot, I'd like to see people uh, uh, asking the question, how do you know that it works and how do you know that it's going to keep working? Yes. And ask that earlier on in the education process. We still kind of teach that at the end. We do. That's a shame.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I know and talking to various people within the industry in the UK that um, still the degree courses are very much or quite light still on sort of QA and testing in general um, it's really seen as an afterthought and it's all about design and development and, and delivery as opposed to necessarily making sure that the product actually works when it when it's delivered
0: yeah and like for instance um I learned uh, some electrical engineering while on the job but uh, people that work with electronics, you would never teach people how to do electronics without showing them how to use an oscilloscope. That's how do you know it's working sort of yes. stuff. Yep.
1: Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Sure. Okay. So what first attracted you to a career in IT?
0: When I was in early 80s, somewhere there, uh, the TRS-80 from Radio Shack came out in the U.S., and uh it was a combination game system and little computer that you hooked up to a tv and one of the things they did was um and i used to use it for a game console for the most part but then i got bored with that and uh in the back of magazines you could type in programs and i didn't know what they were doing uh but one of them was lunar lander
1: oh yes yeah
0: i remember typing that in it took forever and of course it didn't work right away i think i had had some problems with it so figuring out why it didn't work okay. And then when I got bored with that, um, tweaking it, like, uh, well, trying to figure out where ga- gravity was calculated and mucking with that and trying to increase acceleration. And And the odd thing was, is they had it really tuned pretty well and it was playable at first and almost every change I made to it made it like impossible to play. <laughs> so,
1: Fine, um, cool.
0: But then I, I you know, I kind of let go of it and I didn't, uh, I ended up, entering college thinking I was going to be a fine art major and, uh, then switched to computer science in at university.
1: Right. So you made the decision while you're at university. Yeah. Was there a particular reason for doing that or, or, uh,
0: uh mostly student loans. Ah. Um, yeah, I, I didn't, I thought maybe the odds of paying them back were different in a different field than fine arts.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. So Brian, what is the best career advice you've ever received?
0: I think I already had alluded to it earlier, but there's this little book called uh, from O'Reilly called Team Geek. The subtitle is A Software Developer's Guide to Working Well with Others. And, of course, I picked it up because, you know, working with others is sort of a that, – that was a bit of a challenge for me, and I, I had to learn that on the job as well. But that was where I got the, um, the idea of your focus. You need to be spending at least 80% of your time creating the value that cr- makes money for your company. And – so you you definitely need to do things like uh dealing with technical debt and process improvement and stuff but those activities should be under 20% of your time. It can go over but those need to be short short bursts. So I think that's that's good advice.
1: Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So Brian, if you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do?
0: I would definitely not dismiss the web so fast. <laughs> I knew the internet was going to be uh, a big thing. I was I was at in, in uh, graduate school in the early nineties, and uh, remember playing with the early Mozilla browsers and and whatnot. I learned uh, HTML and and we actually used Perl on the back end back then, and that was fun. But I thought, you know, I think at, at the time they were also going through like these the automated systems where you could drag and drop Windows, and I thought. You know the actual crafting of of web pages and websites and applications is going to be uh, either done by robots or monkeys in the future. So I didn't. I kind of dismissed that as a career path. Um, and uh, <laughs> yes. now it's it's um, I'm relearning it. So I've I relearned it about ten years ago and learned some PHP and some other things. And now I'm jumping into um, the Python version of websites as well. So.
1: And what career objectives are you currently focusing on?
0: I think I've got a good take on how to pragmatically use software testing to make software development faster and make great quality products and not slow things down. Right now my focus is on uh, broadening the reach, doing more teaching, uh, doing more talking, getting out there, teaching. I'm, I'm within my own company. I'm trying to teach more people within my own company. Just, uh, Broadening my reach outside of my own work group—that's what I'm focusing on.
1: Right. Okay. Any thoughts about more writing or uh, conference speaking?
0: Oh, definitely. I I love I love speaking, even though it's terrifying. And going to conferences, I submitted a bunch of talks to uh, to PyCon. I don't know if that'll be around. I'm kind of a homebody though, and and a family person, and so traveling is even something I'd, uh, I I definitely will. But there's always. That's one of those things of doing, doing conference speaking on as a side job is all those plane tickets and everything. Those are all just out of my pocket. So, um, that's a, it's a tough, tough thing to try to, to do, but I, I want to do it anyway.
1: And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far?
0: Uh, learning how to listen to people and really listen to answers and empathize.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a skill a lot of people probably ought to uh, develop further. I think that there's often too many people thinking about what they're going to say as opposed to listening to what the person who is actually talking is is, uh, trying to communicate.
0: Yeah, and in in the act of podcasting and interviewing people, I write down things I want to talk about, but it's on the spot. There's been so many times where I've listened back while I'm editing an episode, and I realized the second question that I had for somebody, they already answered it if I would have just listened closer to the answer. So the act of podcasting has actually made me a better listener throughout my whole life. I think I do better at work now and also through my personal life and at home.
1: Okay, Brian, can you maybe share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career and a jazz audience?
0: I want to encourage people to teach. Um, I think the, uh, the act of writing things down and trying to, explain something to somebody else. I mean, people know that teaching is the best form of learning and uh, blogging is a platform that everybody has access to. And I think more people ought to be doing the personal blogs again. I'd like to have those come back more.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good point. I think getting your message out there and and telling people what you do and and what you've learned, I think is is valuable, certainly for the people who are reading it, but also for yourself as well. So yeah, I I totally agree.
0: A great way to find an answer to something is to write down that you have the right answer, and even though you know it's not right, and the the internet will tell you you're wrong and tell you the correct answer.
1: And, Brian, finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you?
0: Uh, <laughs> well, if you can spell my name, uh, it is Aachen but it's O-K-K-E-N. But um, I'm usually all over the place. But the main place right now is uh, if you go to pythontesting.net, You can link to everything else. So that's a good place. Um, I hang out on Twitter a lot. So Brian Auk and uh, Twitter is there too.
1: Great. Brian, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you.
0: Oh, thank you. This has been fun.
1: A quick thank you again to my guest on today's show for sharing their career tips, advice and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e, and then the number of today's episode. Now that there are three new episodes of the show every week, make sure that you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss out. And don't forget to join the new IT Career Energizer community group in Facebook. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would be great to hear from you and to learn about your own career journey, your successes, opinions, and thoughts on the future of the industry. Thanks for supporting the show. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career.
0: Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com. I hope you enjoyed that. I have a whole bunch of really amazing people lined up to interview for testing code. So stick around to this podcast also. Thanks.